Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got some news to talk about this uh, week. So, tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. Uh, this week, and I actually didn't get to play any Sea of Thieves. It was an anime convention here in a local town, so I was pretty much spending all of that uh, meeting really awesome like voice actors like uh john dimaggio or uh uh christopher um sabat uh, i'm trying to think uh, just a bunch a whole bunch and they were really fun and they were really awesome and i got some good photos of uh, stuff going on so hopefully you guys had a good weekend um i got to see some interesting stuff from folks over on sea of thieves uh playing the game and finding some really interesting things but honestly right now this is going to be a, a really kind of low tide for Sea of Thieves. We are kind of on the precipice, waiting for news about season 11, uh, about things that we can or can't talk about yet. And hopefully next week we'll get some, uh, We I know we are going to get some news and we'll talk about how I know that. But um, right now we're just kind of waiting and hopefully you guys are finding something to do during that time. But before we get into any discussions, I have to thank the patrons. They're the ones that are supporting this content so that I can help take care of the bills. Um, I'm looking forward to every, I just as a heads up, I, I got my hotel purchased. I don't know if I mentioned this. I can't remember. Uh, but hotel has been reserved for the North American Sea Thieves Fest. I'm very excited about that. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm going to go and I'm going to go pirate with people. We're going to have a good time. I'm going to stay at a hotel that's our site. It's going to be fun. going to have a lot of fun. Um, but I want to thank the patrons because their their support is what is helping drive this. Uh, so thank you to and it got a new person out this week. So hopefully you'll hear a new name. Appreciate them for joining up. Fresh to see if these found the podcast, join the podcast uh, discord. And uh, if you guys see them in discord and uh, want to jump in to a session with them, definitely do so. Uh, as a patron, I definitely appreciate their support. So thank you. Starting off to People's Republic. Elcute. Balls. Blue Turtle V1. Captain Chonky. Captain Hatchet. Captain Hayes. Chateau Noof. Super Pack. Zombie Killer. Cloud. Cosmic Johnson. Static Mirror. Iron John. Davram TV. El Jefe Esteban. Fergatron. Godhammer 6. I'm Dependa now. Jorby Jorbs. Jay Hood. Carl Embo. Kazia the Aficionado. Cryptic Slayer. Lumpy SRQ. Evil Morpheus. Space Admiral Ors. Murphy Lives. Mutinous Max. Nipperkim. Norwegian. Raja the Brave. Regis Stella the Brony Pirate. Which, by the way, Regis, I saw so much One Piece cosplay and art and stuff at the anime con buddy you would have been in heaven it was so cool and they had a whole panel there that was had like most of the uh, voice actors with it. it was great it was so much fun um i still haven't watched it so sorry buddy uh replicated flame rust belt kid rust belt you need to start watching anime scamelt 666 captain dasm Tommy D, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Anthony N. Jr., Captain J. Rat of the Flaming Cold Sore, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H., Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Rooski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Luke Lord the Insipid Ghost, and Zam Wow. 
Well, I didn't get to play Destiny with this weekend. It's kind of a bummer, but hopefully, hopefully his uh, his his house building is going well. It, also, if you guys have stuff going on, you're always welcome to chat with me about stuff. I, I like hearing about how things are going with you and whatnot. Um, I know who was it? I just I just got to catch up in chat this week, and it was uh, Stormy Sea Dog was uh was was sharing some stuff over in the pc section and it was had and it had so much rgb that i'm pretty sure the power level is over 9000 and it was fantastic so hopefully you guys are having a good week i'm looking forward to finding out like how things are doing what you guys are doing what you're up to any new year's resolutions my new year's resolution is to get a six pack of abs not beer this time this year that's the goal and uh to start doing more learning spanish i'm trying to learn spanish so uh you know wish me luck <laughs> anyway let's get into the show so if you guys haven't been following the social medias i wouldn't blame you for sea of thieves um we've gotten a little bit of the the regular stuff you know the the casual tweets about uh stuff content in the game and things um, and a couple things have kind of come across to help kind of tease us a little bit more. And this kind of goes back to um, last week's episode where we talked about Mike uh, sharing some news through uh, social media. And it's, it's kind of a good way to get some teases, especially when he knows that we are curious to know what's going to be going on with 2024, with what's going to be going on with season 11, how far season 11 is uh, and what we can expect. So we were able to um, kind of dig through some of his tweets and uh, it's, speaking of his tweets, he got a, um, was it a Duplo, I think it's Duplo, uh, Back to the Future set that was uh, put together. He shared a video of it with a, an advent calendar that had the background of the, um, the clock tower and stuff. It's really, I, I loved it, man. It was, it, it was enough to push me over the edge of going and throwing on Back to the Future. And I had that playing on in the background and man, what a, it's just. I don't know. That movie holds up. I don't know why. I, I just love that. Um, anyway, so going to some of the tweets that he talked about with uh, Sea of Thieves, however, um, a lot of folks have kind of been like, you know, bugging him to see like what's going to, to actually happen. And the reason for it is because uh, there was a tweet that came out where we were kind of talking about... Um, just some of the things we can look forward to. And Mike put out a tweet that says, can't wait for see if these players to hear season 11 music in a few weeks time. This was on January 4th. Uh, the music or the menu music genuinely brought me to tears or brought a tear to my eye. When I first heard it, it is so perfectly captures what the game is about to me. And that really kind of had me curious. Uh, it was, you know, Robin Beanland and the, and, and Chloe Kwok and them, uh, Void Factory and stuff, they all do a, 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 a just a stellar job of the music. And I think that's something that everyone can really just appreciate. So when we hear news like this, I get excited because I'm a huge fan of of the music. You know, I bought the LPs uh, so that I could have those um, kind of on, on standby if I ever wanted to. But the music really does convey a lot of the emotion and carries a lot of the emotion for the game. So to know that the music the menu music is something that really speaks to the team and they're open about how excited they are for that uh you know i want to get excited in general i want to be thrilled with what's coming you know with what we're going to be getting and knowing that the music is going to play a big part of that gives me hope for what the story is going to be 
um, which kind of takes me to a couple of his other tweets. Uh, now, one of the things that I wanted to address here was um, there were a couple things where some folks were asking, like, you know, how how much of, of season 10 is going to be kind of focused around Flameheart? Like, are we actually going to be getting Flameheart sooner rather than later? And it was kind of a yes and kind of a no. Uh, like, it, it was basically him saying, like, you know, Flameheart's not coming in season 11. And he was able to confirm that. Um, but there are going to be some lead ups to that, uh, supposedly in, in season 11. Um, it's hard to know, like if this is going to come in the form of adventures or just little things kind of strewn about the world. So I would remind everyone that, uh, over on, um, shipwreck Bay, we have a ship that is being crafted and we don't really know why it's being crafted there. Uh, as opposed to like Reaper's hideout, but it's being crafted there. In fact, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest right now. I just, I, I would love to kind of see some change to the world like that, uh, but in other areas as well too. I would love to start seeing more of that be a thing in Sea of Thieves because I think when stuff like that happens, we tend to start getting kind of excited about the prospect of the world varying up and it's it's kind of like us just like sitting on the precipice looking out into the possibility to see what's gonna uh happen um but this was kind of like just some of the things that i'm i'm hoping will actually come to fruition with this uh i think that we'll hopefully start seeing more about this ship actually being built i kind of wonder if this is something where they're going to try and use some of the other wrecks around that area because that is very much what the original mo of the reaper's hideout uh was kind of founded on right uh wanda and stitcher jim with the uh the help of uh flameheart jr who's in kind of like hiding at this point uh was were using shipwrecks uh dredged up from around the area of reaper's hideout to kind of craft their uh that 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 structure um similarly with the uh the the a ship that's being built that was ripped out from Wander's refuge from uh, Wanda's workshop. Wanda with an A, by the way. Uh, Wanda's workshop. That figurehead was ripped from there and put the Ashen Dragon was put onto uh, like a new helm. So, or not a new helm, a uh, new ship uh, bow to kind of like signify like, hey, there's there's stuff happening with this. But I don't think Wanda is actually involved with this. I do think that this is kind of the reforging of the burning blade um and that the more or the, the closer this ship gets to completion i think will be a good indicator on how close we are to actually getting flame hearts return because i i have a feeling that this ship is not just being built for the sake of being built but that story will come and f focus around it and it's kind of like not like a not like defcon 1 or defcon 2 but you know kind of like that warning system uh, i don't know if you're familiar maybe i don't know maybe you haven't seen war games or or followed any of that kind of old you know uh, cuban mi missile crisis kind of thing but they the the secretary of defense or not the secretary the, the, the department of defense i think is what it was in in the united states they have like a defcon system and when it gets down to one that's like it's it's like nuclear war you know that was kind of the war games thing and every different or every level was a, a stage from five to one that was closer and closer to like the end of of times. And um, I wonder if this ship that is getting currently built is something that will slowly progress 
kind of the way that we saw with uh, Reaper's Hideout when it was being crafted. Um, additionally, the changes that came to uh, Port Merrick. I, was, I, I said it right that time. Um, and I think that that's kind of the the area that we should be keeping attention of. Uh, obviously, that was where Pendragon was trapped into the Sea of the Damned through the painting uh, with the with the Sword of Souls. And a lot of stuff tends to happen close to or around Shipwreck Bay. And as a result of that, I think this is going to be um, like the the carry. Uh, the, no, what is it? The the canary in the coal mine, the warning, the the like the trigger that kind of sets things off. So when that gets built, I would imagine that will kind of be when we can fully expect Flameheart to come back. Um, one of the things that uh, I actually saw uh, on Falcor's video uh, for season 11 and the future, um, he had a really good point about the fact that I think I might have actually missed this in the episode where we were talking about um, the podcast. And that was that Flameheart is going to be a very persistent thing in the game. Um, which I think most of us knew it wasn't going to be like a world event or something like that, but it was going to fundamentally change like the lore of Sea of Thieves with his return. And I'm very curious to see what that looks like, because for all intents and purposes, he has been kind of the um, it's like an apex predator. I don't know what you really call it, but like he has been like the, the biggest threat to Sea of Thieves. Uh, you know, his resurrection um, is is kind of the the heralding of a different time and with safer seas having an outlet for folks that like pve uh it, it does make me wonder what will happen to high seas and and that actually takes me to um my next little thing that i wanted to address which was uh, a very good tweet from pace 22 um that came actually today uh that actually kind of made me think a lot about sea of thieves and, and some of the things that um i thought were interesting so his tweet goes into two things. Uh, he says, Sea of Thieves needs two things currently. One, way more organic player interaction. Development should prioritize networking to allow more ships on servers, like eight to 10 ships, that are organically gravitating towards similar activities. There's too much bite-sized content spread out currently. The second part is a new faction. One quest, just make original Athena 2.0, no variation, just one long quest with a big pay, big end payoff, major risk reward also will resurge content creation. Um, and uh, he goes on to say that safer seas is an option now. It's high, it's time for high seas uh, had more organic activity, fighting or friendly. Um, and I thought that this was uh, correct on two points. Uh, one, I do think that we need to have more organic player interaction in the game. Um, I do think that bringing on more ships affords that, uh, but the caveat there, and I do like the idea of that is with, with one of the comments he has at the very end, friendly or fighting to have more organic activity. I think that the issue with Sea of Thieves right now is every ship that you come across is assumed to be hostile. Most players aren't willing to give the time of day to another crew. Uh, especially if they're not sure if they want to risk or take on a fight. A lot of people will run, a lot of people will fight back, uh, and a lot of people will not try to engage um, in any means. And, and unfortunately, there's two reasons for this. Uh, one is toxicity, and two is there's no benefit 
to uh, talking with other crews. You know, you might get an alliance, but for all intents and purposes, most alliances are kind of queue up with each other and then go your separate ways. It's safer. And unfortunately, I think the problem that I see with Sea of Thieves right now is is not that there isn't a lack of fighting. Uh, I think there's there's plenty fighting. I think that a lot of crews are are either coming across crews that they can fight against or they're not coming across crews, period. And one of the things that I think I would like to see is a way to offer opportunities, kind of what we had originally um, back in the first year where people were far more trusting back then. And, and maybe that's the issue is, is that, that, that people didn't know better. Uh, but I, I would like to think that the community in general uh, likes to have combat but also likes to have interaction. And by that, you you want to try and build systems that not only in, invite people to, you know, engage in combat, but I think we have that. I think Hourglass serves that well enough. I don't think it's a, I don't think that the system is, is great right now. You know, I think I talked about that last episode, um, but there's nothing that really draws you to interact with other people on a friendly basis. There's nothing that brings you to someone else with an opportunity to converse. Uh, most people don't talk in game. And some of the best stories I've had, some of the best interactions I've had in the game have been moments where, you know, you've been betrayed or you've you've been able to betray, but all of that kind of stemmed from communication and planning to work together. And I think one of the things that was always really um, good about that was is that back in the day, uh, we used to go after skeleton forts. And skeleton forts happened so rarely that you knew that they were going to be contested because they were the best way to earn gold. Um, but additionally, they were also the quickest way to kind of get stuff done for two factions to be able to get your, your pirate legend status. That was a big drive for a lot of us. Um, and what that cost was a lot of folks wanting to do one of two things. They would either try an alliance with other crews to try and like bolster the numbers at this fort to ensure that you could actually, you know, take it successfully and you could try to divvy up the loot that way. Uh, but additionally, the other way was, is that you would try and sink them. And then you knew that whoever won or whoever lost would head directly back to that event because that was the only thing that you could really do that was worth doing for the gold um it was actually still more beneficial to go fight over a fort than it was to go do regular voyages um or at least it was more interesting now one of the problems that we have is we have too many world events too many things that players can go do and as a result, not any one player is really focusing on one thing at a time. Uh, everyone kind of is off doing their own things. They're, you know, they're working on voyages or they're off fishing or they're doing a world event or they're doing hourglass battles. And it's kind of a problem with Sea of Thieves in general is, is not that having that much content is a bad thing, but having that content without a reason to go do it that appeals to the vast majority of players is what kind of kills the interactions between other ships. We've had things that have kind of fixed this in the past uh, with the Chest of Fortune. 
Um, unfortunately, what happens is either people grind it out immediately and they do have some fights interactions with that and it's fun or a majority of people just don't do it and they'll wait and then they'll do it towards the end of a season or the end of uh, uh you know like when everyone's kind of done doing it and they'll just kind of do it on their own terms without very much uh aggression towards that and you know that's not obviously it's it's not black and white like that there's obviously like a gray area in between there that that takes into account you know anecdotal evidence that people have to the contrary but work you know kind of go with me on the uh on the on the example here um and i think that one of the things that sea of thieves needs to do is have uh, they do need to have more organic player interaction like i agree with that i don't know if having more ships serves that function or if people are just going to be so congested in the seas that you don't really get to do anything like can you imagine if a voyage that takes an hour on average uh is interrupted multiple times by multiple ships that are not the same ship organically most people would probably get frustrated and not want to continue playing because there'd be no point because you couldn't get anything done on the flip side if you wanted to just go around and pirate everyone you would be kind of sailing around you'd get a quick sink they wouldn't have a whole lot and you would just move around to the next one and you wouldn't really get like big hulls because so many ships would be on the server that at that point the world isn't large enough to handle that many ships and i wonder if maybe we just need to have like an expansion to see a thieves's world and then kind of fill it up with more ships because i do think that the idea of having more ships would be fun i think it would be more interesting to kind of see like what that world feels like but a lot of the world is not utilized um, and I think that's because of a lack of desire to engage with certain aspects of the game, as opposed to the world is too big and people are too spread out, if that makes sense. Uh, so I think the thing here is instead of in, instead of increasing the number of ships that are allowed on a server, we should be trying to look at the reason why people go do things in Sea of Thieves and try to have things that will drive engagement on more focused things for a time being and then shift that focus throughout a season so you're not just like thinking okay well new season uh new place for the chest of fortune to go this one's hard so i'll wait till next season Next season, hopefully it'll be in an easier place and we can deal with it that way. You know, come up with your excuses for that. Instead, have a season planned out for really good cosmetics and don't have those cosmetics available for the entirety of, of the season. Try and have like, if it's a three month season, you got three main uh, reputations say like, okay, well, we're going to have a focus on gold hoarders for the first month of a season. Everything that you get turned in for gold hoarders works towards these commendations and you get, um, you get, you know, like a, a little bit more reputation towards that. They have plenty of ways to, to, uh, uh you know, like work out reputation earns or, or, or things like that and let people focus on that. So that way, if you're working on uh, and say, like, make it like vaults, you know, like make vaults the thing that gets a little bit of a bonus. And if you wanted to double up on it, you know, say like you wanted to do multiple factions on this and say like, OK, well, in this season, the first month, we're going to focus on 
Um, oh, I just blanked on what they're called. The uh, the ghost voyages and vaults and animals and anyone that works towards those are going to get uh, earned reputation towards these certain cosmetics and everything else you can you can't earn reputation towards or, or, or earn the um, bar to fill up, I guess, in this case, whatever bar you have to fill up. Uh, none of the other activities will count towards that. It's very specific to three different types. Of th so if you want like merchant, you want that cosmetic that month, you have to do animals. And obviously, I feel like the, the animals is a bad example here because most people don't like to do those. So I think obviously there needs to be an addressal towards that. But we know that they're working on something to do with the, the voyage system. So I can't, I, you know, like it, it would be dumb for me to say like, oh, well, just, you know, wait till season 11 when they fix blah, blah, blah. And then everyone's going to love it because I don't know what that's going to be. Um, I was told that I'm I'm a fool and don't actually know the the breadth of what season eleven is, which is you know it's not not you know it's not wrong. I don't, but at the same time I I know that there's certain things that people can kind of stay focused on, and I think that the point of of this is that you want to drive people to certain hot areas, um, and and obviously I'm not giving the best examples here, so I'm trying to just kind of work my way through this this logic here, and hopefully you guys are sticking with me on this. Um, but the idea is, is that you have a focus for a month on something that gives a reward that everyone's working towards, not unlike Siren Skull or Chest of Fortune. Those are two current drivers for the game that are world event focused. Fine, make something that's actually focused for the trade companies and have it be something that earns you reputation, obviously, for the things you want to do, because one of the, the biggest complaints with Siren Skull right now is, is that it doesn't offer any reputation. So there's a choice that you have to make that's either do this for completions or go and get guild reputation. With guilds being such a fundamental implementation to the sandbox as a, as a baseline thing that is in the game now, not unlike Captaincy, um, or uh, I just blanked. Anyway, um, like those two things, you have to make sure that whatever you're doing, much like working through Renown, there are very, very uh, a broad spectrum of things that will contribute to guilds. So that way you're keeping the, the uh, engagement high enough with those types of events beyond just the cosmetic that you get at the end of turning in however many you know x item hat to uh billy bob to get that cosmetic and that kind of ties into the second part of like needing a new faction or like one quest just make the original athena 2.0 no variation just one long quest uh with a big end payoff uh, major risk reward uh all will research uh also will research content creation this is kind of like the idea behind what athena used to be where people used to have to work through the uh the one two three four five six seven maps i think it was seven maps total the original athena basically um, where you had to go through work all the different uh all the different factions and then actually go do the actual athena voyage itself uh to get the athena chest um, something like that, I think kind of, kind of goes against 
what Rare is looking to do based on the podcast. It looks like they're they're trying to ensure that if, uh, and man, they had this in like the alpha beta days when they could give you a voyage and the voyage would give you an idea of like how long the voyage should take. But I think that's, that, that's something that they're, that they're hopefully going to, that that's kind of what will be addressed with this change to the system. You know, that's why they're getting rid of the uh, time limit. By the way, they're getting rid of the time limited voyages. So make sure you guys are getting those knocked out if you need to do those uh, for whatever reason. Otherwise they'll just, they'll, they'll disappear at that point. Um, but I think that kind of hurts uh, one of the things that I think a lot of folks are hoping will will come is, is that they'll that you'll be able to choose how long you want to play. So you buy a voyage and it says 30, you know, 30 minutes to an hour or you buy another voyage and it says an hour to two hours or you buy a voyage and it says under 15 minutes or something like that. Um, and just kind of gives you an opportunity to, uh, you know, play play through your night the way that you want to. So if you want to jump on for a little bit, you can and still get some some sort of work done. Um, the biggest issue that I think the game has that we need fixed kind of and, and I'm probably going to sound like a broken record on this, but I really do think that it, it ties to gold. I think gold really is the thing that really harms the uh, game as far as value goes. And I know I've, I've said this in the past and stuff like that, but I'm hoping with 2024, one of my hopes is that one story and change will come to the game as the world itself evolves and less directed like two week get your adventure done so you can get a memento out of it kind of thing um but the world just kind of evolves over time uh it's what i think i loved about sea of thieves when it was working on the sea dog tavern um reaper's hideout was fantastic there was the change to boot fort that made no sense uh, old boot fort, sorry, uh, respect where due, um, to now the fort of the damned. Uh, but we saw changes like that evolve, you know, for the most part over time, not everything, but, uh, you know, we saw changes and I think that's something that was kind of talked about a long time ago. Um, and unfortunately it's one of those things that has, it's always been the question in my mind is when will, when will outposts become sea forts, uh, or, or towns, you know, when will we get towns, Mike? And we got something like that with Port Merrick, but I think I think just having that one uh, does not satisfy. I think the drive for what a lot of people who love the world are looking for, which is more life. Um, you know, we've we've had things change around the the game. You know, we're going to be seeing things added from the Tall Tales, uh, hopefully in the future. Um, but fundamentally, I think that the game still feels very dead. And I think that's kind of what is what something that Pace wants to address here with having more player interactions. Having more ships on a server would give you more life to the game. You would see more people out and about doing stuff. The trouble is, is that there's no place for anything outside of just murdering other crews so there are no like player versus or there's no there's no pve ships that are just trade company ships sailing around with treasure that will defend themselves but are looking to you know take shipments from one place to another there's nothing fun like that to kind of play around with if you want to fight an ai ship you have the fleet in the middle that gets done sometimes if a reaper is going out to get like grain five or you have the occasional merchant or, or, or emergent ship, 
um, in the form of a skeleton ship. And the Kraken itself, not very difficult. Megalodons you can sail away from. Uh, and skeleton ships you kind of have to deal with, but they're not too terribly tough, right? And I think one of the things that I think a lot of folks want is more interactions, whether it be through NPCs or through other players or a little bit of both. And I think that having, you know, six ships on a server is adequate. Uh, I think the, the difference is, is that to have something that everyone's going to go after, you need to have a moving target um, that is slow enough that will give folks opportunity to do to deal with it like right now the problem with siren song is most people uh are, are not slowed down long or hard enough to be able to give other crews an opportunity to catch up um so if they were to revitalize that world event uh with new cosmetics or what have you um guild reputation what have you uh you would need to still kind of penalize other crews who are going to actually be moving the the ship and they have the most risk involved um they're the ones that are that have the actual skull so slowing them down a little bit more i think would actually benefit the the skull or the siren skull um i think that it would give players uh more reason to try and contest it because they knew that there was a, a little bit more of a fighting chance to actually get to the other crew um, and it would force the crew to that that is actually kind of driving towards getting that skull to have to really take into consideration like, hey, if we're going to go after this, we realistically should have enough supplies to be able to handle one or two ships coming after us. And if we don't, then maybe we're not prepared to take that on or maybe we'll risk it anyway. And that would, you know, that would increase the risk level there. But I think if you were to slow down the ships that have the siren skull song, it would it would make the it would make the whole thing kind of play out a little bit longer. But I think that's the most important part of that voyage. Like everything else can be fast. But once that skull gets out there, that's the thing that should really be the most important part of that voyage is that final sailing from point A to point B from when you open the chest to wherever Briggsy's going to be. And by the way, if you guys want to know, shout out to Rare Thief. They now have compiled a list of all the potential locations of Briggsy on the islands that uh, she's willing to appear on for that Skyrim or Siren Song voyage. So if you if you wanted to know, like, okay, we know it's going to be at Crooked Masts, so we're gonna throw it overboard because there's no point in going to that island. But if the next time you do it, you go to Snake Island, then at least you can see Rare Thief's uh, points of interest wherever Briggsy's going to actually be and go visit it and actually have a positive experience on an island as opposed to the horrible, horrible experience that you would get in Crooked Mass. Um, insert Old Faithful if you really want to or Plunder uh, Paradise Valley if you really want to, if you want to you know, go with something that makes other people feel like they're harassed just by setting foot on the beach. And I think that that would that would help with that voyage, but it's it's things like that that I think are going to drive the engagement. But outside of that, I do think that we need to have more more living things in the game, just even like NPCs on the outposts. First off, outposts need to get upgraded. Those, those need to turn into proper towns like we see with the Monkey Island games. 
uh rare is is ever been able to find a way to get the resources to work and because of that i i earnestly or i honestly think that they need to be earnest about making those changes so that the world feels like the five years we've been playing this game something significant is going to happen in the game uh beyond one or two major impacts like reaper's hideout port merrick um and uh um sea forts we'll go with sea forts i guess i don't know guys what is the what is the what has changed in the world in the five years we've had elevators added to stuff we had a sea dog tavern erected and then abandoned and then turned into a, a spirit halloween store and um the devil's roar that's that's no, no i take it back sorry i take it back we got one tower. We got the Disney Tower out in the no far north that no one ever goes to anymore. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly hate that because it's such. It's like one of my favorite tall tales. First off, it has um, the uh, oh god, the uh, Flying Dutchman in it with a playable organ, which freaking a man, that's just cool. Like the organ just needs to be an instrument that's in every single tavern and it's easier to interact with and you can actually play it and blah 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 and add more instruments in there so you can have like you sit down uh like a violin or a fiddle or something you can sit down and play the fiddle and you know get everyone else with the rest of the instruments and stuff like that make that a thing like the fact that the flying dutchman is in there and has an organ that works is just it's cool but no one touches it uh not to mention that was where the brethren court actually met and <laughs> where is hook where is hook hook is a thing it's going to happen i promise you it's going to happen eventually but i would love to have the dark brethren uh meet and and come together i still feel really bad about rathbone man that buddy homeboy just got the the long end of the stick literally on that one or the short end of the stick on that one literally um but it was it's it's one of these things where the world needs to evolve and we need to have significant changes with that you know things that will actually feel like the game has progressed in these five years beyond the the two or three focal points and I know that they're going to be focusing on sandbox and they want to ensure that tools and mechanics are getting added to the game. But with that, I feel like there is something that the environment team, since they're not making tall tales, could do to evolve the world. Let's get some towns. Let's get some player uh, or, or some PVE ships that are sailing around that, you know, they don't even have to do anything. God, just having ships on the horizon to cause question, to cause uh, paranoia is, is something that will consistently keep pirates on their toes. And having, I mean, imagine having something that is like a resource boat that just sails around and it just has cannonballs and planks and food and what have you know you can buy crates from it it's sailing well maybe not crates because you can get those bloody everywhere but you know stuff that you could get that you can't really get that's on a rotation and it's just kind of sailing around the world there's no marker for it you you can't you can't find it on the map table but you can see it and if you know what it is it looks like every other ship 
But if you go over there, that's when you kind of realize like, oh, oh, okay. It's the resource ship. Positive. Oh no, there's an entire crew of people with mega kegs that just boarded and sank our ship. We didn't realize there was going to be anyone on this because it's moving. So there's no mermaid. Stuff like that, I think is so necessary for this game to add value through enriching the world in a way that calls up things that we've talked about with like skull and bones where the 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 like the whole the whole flipping town is just populated with with like npcs it feels lived in it feels like there's a an actual ecosystem going here there's people working jobs there's people slacking off there's a hierarchy uh with with the with the pirates like stuff rolls downhill, you know, and you feel that when you're playing through that game. And I think that's one of the things that Sea of Thieves could address just by adding more NPCs that have day-to-day routines. Um, too many of the NPCs are static. Great. Well, Monkey Island fixed that. We figured out how to get NPCs to walk. I don't know why that's different than... <laughs> than having NPCs that are on ships, but maybe it's like, I, I think it's probably tied to the fact that you have to talk to people. I think if you talk to people, it has to be a static point in the game uh, to be able to interact with them. Otherwise, them walking away me is just, I, I, I think that's why that's it. that is the way it is, but it, it kills me that, that we don't have, you know, just more stuff going on in the world. How many of you have wanted dolphins swimming in the ocean? How many of you wanted to see a whale burst out of the uh, out of the water and splash down and see a, a spray from from them getting new air these are the kind of of experiences that are are still missing in sea of thieves after all this time that are potentials for the game and i think having stuff like that will help kind of alleviate some of the I don't know boredom that comes there's nothing interesting when you're sailing from place to place people are just kind of hanging out chatting most of the time as they're going from one point to the other or they're organizing stuff or they're trying to come up with stuff to do in between sailing from point to point um and, and granted you know that boredom breeds uh, a type of of energy on a crew that can get you in trouble because you know maybe you're not paying attention or you get a little lax you know things get a little too too loose and you don't really pay much attention to what's going on around you and as a result someone gets the uh gets the better of you um but i just i i feel like i feel like yes we could add more ships to a server um eight i think is not unreasonable 10 i feel like is unreasonable but alongside that i think that the world needs to feel like it's changed, um, especially given how so many folks are just familiar with the world a little too much. Um, you know, add something that gives us a little reason to be like, I have no clue where this island is. I have no clue where this dig is. We're going to have to wander around a little bit to figure it out. Stuff like that feels like it's a small accomplishment when you get it done, but it definitely opens up opportunity for people to sneak up on others. And I don't know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just kind of looking for for what I want out of the game. But I think that's kind of what I think a lot of us enjoy having conversations about as well to, you know, what are the things that we want out of 2024? And while I do want story and while I do want Flameheart to impact the world, 
uh, like a meteor out of a bad 90s action summer blockbuster, I think that we need to look at how the world will be after that. And I think, you know, Pace is on to something with having a reason to drive people together. That is the base of the game is is to have a mixed world where you have engagements. And I think that the friendly and fighting aspect of that is is very relevant. I do think that that needs to be like a 50-50 split. Like investment needs to be made to give players an opportunity to have friendly engagements to then make things like betrayals feel like actual betrayals as opposed to inevitables. Because at this point, I would say a majority of interactions either start hostile or are expected to be hostile at the end of that engagement. And very few times do you ever feel like, oh, I never saw this coming. That that just does not feel like a thing that most people feel in Sea of Thieves anymore. Most people are like, oh, I expected this. And, and that kind of, you know, some of the magic is lost when you feel that all the time. It's like, there's another crew coming. Okay, they're coming at us. Why would they be coming at us? Well, it's definitely not to have cake and tea. It's probably to take whatever we they think we have. And I think we need to figure out a way to create those opportunities for betrayal again. And that's a very tough thing. I, I, I honestly don't know how you go about that when there's so much in the game to do that focus can shift on a on the turn of a dime or the, uh, I don't even know if that's the right, is that the right saying? I feel like that's the right saying, but I don't know. Um, to, to be able to have those opportunities to uh, kind of convince people that it's worth trusting you. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But most of the time, I feel like a lot of players just don't expect to have a friendly experience on Sea of Thieves. And part of that is on the community, but also part of that is in the content that we're offered and what we're being asked to do. I wonder if I wonder if we have enough PvP to sate what is what I what I enjoy about the game, which is the interactions with other players when I'm playing with friends, as well as the story. So if we have things like that, um, some of the adventures that we got, I actually thought were actually pretty good at being able to do that. Like, um, oh, what was it called? The uh, shrouded shrouded deep? No, the yeah, I think it was the shrouded deep where we had the uh, we we had to go and like get the mags and get people together, but have. <sighs> I'm already feel I'm already feeling the people being like, no, that's a bad example. You're right. That's probably is a bad example. I'll 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 belay that. But I th- I do think that there is an, an earnest desire to have something like this in the game that will give players a reason to come together for rallying the troops. And and you know, maybe it's like two or three ships queuing up to get together to be like, hey, we're gonna do a battle, Reapers versus uh Athena. And, you know, there's a countdown and any crews that sign up via the hourglass on their ship uh can join into the battle um when that happens you have an opportunity to sail into uh, a place to go get a thing that you will then turn in for a certain amount of reputation and gold and anyone that enters in there uh is free to fire upon the other crew uh friendly fire will be turned off for your crewmates um, but that opens the opportunity for the the betrayal to happen, even if it's not like them sinking the other ship, but them just taking the item and turning it in for themselves. And once they leave that circle, uh, it's a free for all for anyone else in the server who might be lurking around there. 
something something that does drive people together maybe not that because that that you know that thing that i just came up with in the last two minutes obviously has holes that people could poke at um but it definitely needs to be something um and i'm hoping that first we can actually address the fact that most people that have been playing the game for a large majority of the time either have no gold or too much gold. And there needs to be some way to fix the economy with Sea of Thieves before we can ask players to care about getting something in the game beyond cosmetics, because I don't know that cosmetics are going to be a strong enough driving force for the the length of, or for the end of the game. Like I, I, I feel like reputation was the thing that pushed people. We've tried numerous times to recapture some of that. And it feels like every time it comes down to, well, we don't care about this system because it doesn't really add anything or we got it, we cared about it and we did it for as long as we needed to, to get the thing that we wanted at the end of the rainbow, which is the cosmetic. And once we got those completions done, we stopped doing it and went back to just sailing around. So I don't know what the fix is here, but I know what the problems are. And I, and I hate that because it's not a, it's not the way I like to go about content creation. I like to come up with something that would be a feasible fix for the problem, as opposed to just saying, here's the thing everyone knows. Everyone already knows this stuff. It's nothing new, but unfortunately on a week where there's not a whole lot to really talk about, this is where my mind tends to wander. So one of the things I did want to talk about, um, obviously is one of the tweets that we got this week. First off, hard drive, fantastic uh, article that joked about how uh, Sea of Thieves is 50% off um, on Steam. And it's it's clearly the thing that, that they want to do as opposed to actually going and clearing out their backlog. Funny article there. Um, but the other thing was uh, a tweet that came out. Um, was this today? I feel like it was today. Yes. Technically today, the the seventh, um, it's just a tweet and it's just a, one of those things they put alt text on everything, which is fantastic. Really nice. I forget to do it sometimes. Um, but the tweet has just an image of the inside of a sloop with a bunch of little hidden things that kind of harken back to the, the hoarder hunt or no, the, uh, the, was it the hoarder hunt? It's, it's sorry. It's been a long weekend for me. My brain is given up on trying to remember the proper, proper names and titles for things that we did. Uh, but the, the image itself reads, in the alt text as a screenshot of the game of Sea of Thieves showing a captain's cabin of a small sloop. The cabin contains a rug, ammo box, bookshelf, captain's table, and assorted decorations. You guys are all familiar with this. The horizon stretches into the distance outside the window. Upon zooming in on the rug, words are found that say, quote unquote, look at the ammo box. On the ammo box, it's written, quote unquote, I, the cannon and moving up to the cannon says, quote, hit the target. The, uh, the target contains, um, <laughs> the words book and shelf on the bookshelf is scratched. Seen the captain's table on the captain's table. It reads, check the horizon. Peering out the window, the horizon line reads season 11 news this week so if you're listening to this now there is a very good chance that we already have some news about season 11 and i'm very much looking forward to talking about that next week
All right, pirates. So um, one of the things that I'm going to do for the audio version of this, uh, because the audio listeners are so great, is uh, I'm going to be telling you about one of the Xbox perks that uh, is available now. Now, if you if you don't know about Xbox perks, um, I believe this is tied to having Game Pass. I don't know if it's inclusive of Game Pass Ultimate, but you might want to check this out. Uh, there is now a, a Nightshine Parrot pack that is available for Game Pass owners to be able to get the jacket, the sails, the figurehead, the hat, and the cutlass, as well as 10,000 gold uh, to spend in high seas um, or safer seas, technically. Uh, but this is something that can be claimed by January 21st and redeemed by uh, January 28th. So it's available now, but you do have to claim it by January 21st. After that, you get another week to redeem it, um, but you can claim and redeem it anytime between now and the 21st and redeem it anytime between now and the 28th. It is one per account. Uh, the, the thing here, I already have this stuff. I already have the Nightshine Parrot Pack. So if you're, a, if you're a brand new pirate and you don't have these cosmetics, if you want 10,000 gold, I'm going to read this code out for you. And I apologize to the video listeners right now, or the, the video watchers right now. It's been a long weekend of anime. I'm currently recording at 12.35 a.m. Uh, this podcast is going to be finished, edited, and uploaded in hopefully the next hour so that I can get somewhere between six and seven hours of sleep before I have to get up and have a very busy work week tomorrow. So I, I'm very apologetic. You will probably not be able to claim this code by the time you're listening to this or watching the video. Um, but that code is F-W-J-2-G-R-K-H-C-2-R-P-V-Q-F-J-G-R-Y-3-3-Q-M-K-Z. So hopefully if you were listening to this and you don't have this pack, this will get you those cosmetics as well as the 10K and you'll be able to enjoy it. Um, hopefully someone will get it. Someone will enjoy it. Um, I apologize again to the video version of this. You're not going to be getting this, uh, video version at the same time as the audio version going live. So whoever happens to be listening to this, uh, congratulations. Hope you enjoy it. Um, definitely have fun with it, but pirates that is going to do it for this episode. Um, obviously a shorter episode than normal, uh, because really just not a whole lot of news to cover and as a result um, we're going to be taking it a little bit easy i'm gonna go get some sleep and uh, look forward to getting some news this week hopefully tuesday probably tuesday and then uh, we'll be able to jump in check it out see what's going on and chat about it next week so thank you everyone i hope you had a great weekend again thank you so much i'm sleepy i'm gonna go get some rest and uh, probably pet some pet my cats because I haven't really seen them a whole lot this weekend either. 